Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at ExoticLimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, on something is Bretta. Good day, Corey. Good to be back for another Supercoach Elites podcast. As you said, the buys are upon us. There's a lot of talk to be to be done. Before we get into it, though, the third member of the team is with us, as always, back on the rails. Welcome to the Bombs Express. True, true. That's right, brother. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, yep, you boys are spot on. The buys are here. Um, so today we will have the first buy, that is Round 12 Preview, coming at you fellas. But before we get stuck into that... Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and the iTunes store at Supercoach Elites. Um, big week this week, boys. Coming into the buys, plenty to talk about. Heaps of transfers, um, or plays in and out already. Um, and yeah, it's 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 going to be a big one. So, but before we get into the, this upcoming week, let's uh, step back a bit and we'll drop our heroes and villains with some scores that we scored last week. We'll start with you, Bonds. So for myself, I scored twenty one seventy three. Um, so I nearly cracked twenty two hundred. I still haven't quite got there this year, unfortunately. Um, now look, my my villain was quite easily for me this week, fellas. I had um, Ridley. Um, I was able to loophole him with uh, Lockie Murphy this week. Um, so I thought, you know what, uh, Ridley 36, that's absolute trash. So I'll, I'll put Lockie Murphy on field. And in doing Smart. that, I lost a further 10 points because he only scored 26. So Lockie Murphy, quite convincingly, my villain. Um, and look, for the first time since having him in my team, Clayton Oliver will pick up my hero with a 125 on the weekend. That's pretty good, brother. Uh, my villain probably hurt me less than everybody else, Tim Smith, dropping that 26, getting hurt early. But I had him on the bench, so I dodged a nice bullet there. Played Guelphie instead. Uh, my hero for the week would have to be Nick Nat. He's one I look at every week. And I get a little bit stressed about, you know, you just you see Nick Nat and you think, oh, I'll take anything over 100, but then it's not enough because Grundy's probably going to go get 160 against me. So thanks to Nick Nat for two first quarter goals and a nice score. Um, unfortunately, I only scored 1,900 for the fifth straight week. So I'm just going to have to you know, live yeah, and learn and new progress here. <laughs> What did you really score, Breda? Uh, 2285. How can, how can yeah. Tim Smith be your villain if he's on your bench? Uh, I'm looking for cash. Looking for cash, boys. I'm just looking for cash. <laughs> oh, well, I can go and say Tom Dodie was my villain, but he scored 70. I didn't really have many bad ones on the ground this week. Billings are oh, Jackie Billings, but I feel like... You know what? No, what's the St. Kilda coach's name? Richo. Yeah, Richo, he's my villain. He's just got to play Jack Billings <laughs> up the ground a bit. Because Jack Billings, I, I actually had a really good look at Billings on the weekend. And I'll, I'll say this. First of all, positioning cost him about 25 points. Because as every week, they played him deep in the forward pocket. He played the first quarter pretty midfield. Had 25 at quarter time. I thought, yeah, we're looking all right. And then just sits in the forward pocket, doesn't get out of the forward line for the rest of the game. He let up the wing once. And I thought, oh, here we go. Jack Billings on the end of this. And easy 15-meter kick gets put straight out of bounds on the full. So Jack Billings is not my villain, but it'll be Richo. Bloody Richo. Fix Billings. That's fair enough. Uh, my hero for the week um, was Brody Grundy, who snagged me a comfortable win on the weekend. Uh, my villain was actually myself for doing the opposite of what Brett done. I wanted to go Guelphie on field all week after watching him the week before um, and absolutely bitched it. I went Timmy Smith. So, yeah, I put the villain card on myself for missing out on some points. Um, <laughs> and I had a score of uh, 21.83. So, just pip and bonfs. Um, but, you know, not quite at Brett's level, but, you know, we can't all be that good, can we, Britta? 
We can, we can. We just need to listen to Brett on the podcast more often. <laughs> um, some bubble boys uh, this week, guys. Uh, I think Logan Austin is probably going to be the most owned rookie coming into this weekend. Uh, break even of negative 102. He's got that shit by. Um, but with a score, he's priced at 159, 700, but scores of 106 and 92. Could be too valuable to pass on. Um, I'll be getting Logan Austin this week. How about you two? Bombs? Yep, I will. Um, and Lockie Murphy will make way. Don't even care if that screws my buy structure because I'm done with Lockie Murphy. That's a little bit nasty, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I, I skipped over Rice and Ridley specifically hoping for uh, Logan Austin to play well. Looked after me. We'll absolutely be bringing him in. I can't remember who I'm trading out because I've already done it on my team. But Logan Austin is a must-have. Don't worry about that 150k price. Same as Tim Smith last week. I know Smith dropped 26 this week, and now it looks terrible. But you can't pass up those numbers. The funny thing is, Tim Smith came out scored 26, rose 60 grand. Yeah. Like. <laughs> What's his break-even? Probably still like tiny as yeah, anyway. Yeah. In the negative. Yeah. So, uh, you got that. We're just going to hope hope he gets out in the park um, as well. Look, we've got a couple of others that are on the bubble, and I can't imagine too many teams bringing these guys in. Um, Callum Moore, Jermaine Jones, they've got the um, atrocious buy as well. We've got Jacob Heron, though, there, boys, who will play all three um, buy rounds, saying, assuming that he's not dropped. Um, he's got a break-even of negative 27, and he's priced at 102k as a defender. Um, any recommendation on why we'd bring in Heron? Actually, defender or midfielder? Defender? He's a defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, Jacob Heron, is there any way a team should be looking at him as an ultimate downgrade option? Scores of only 54 and 34. I won't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I watched that game closely on the weekend, and I and I can't even tell you what number he is. That's how rarely he was sighted. He's number 40, um, number 40. Bob, yeah, well, I know what number he is, but it was a bit of a gag there, Brett. No need to go hard on me there. That's right. But, um, all their facts, all their facts here. <laughs> facts bonfire. Um, well, um yeah, no, nah, so Heron, uh, yeah, no, nah, he's absolutely no chance to make. I don't even care if he's um, playing, um, well, if he doesn't have the buy over the next three weeks because he won't be in the team, I don't think. Yeah, uh, better options in defence all over the place. And I know he's got the three um, three games throughout the buys because they had the early one. But if he bring, you bring him in, he's your, your 18, your 19th or whatever. It's really not going to make a difference because he's just a score that's probably going to get wiped every week for scoring. 30 anyway, so uh, no, don't bother. Wait for get Austin or bring in my check whenever it's sort of relevant. Yeah, strongly agree. I wouldn't be going uh, him early. Callum Moore's got that terrible last week by. Um, do you think there'll be a couple of teams that might have gone early on Austin that may uh, could look at more down there at 133k? Look, if you went early on Austin, you probably didn't go early on him in order to secure someone like Moore. Um, and if you did, I, I asked the question, well, why would you do that? Much better options, um, uh, particularly the one-game players, I think, than more, and I'd certainly be passing on him this week. Agree, Brett? Yeah, agree. Also, with the one-game players, the thing is, we're not really hoping they get through and make us money here. This is almost at the stage we just care about them playing in the buys. So it's it's the money-making, the one-game sort of 
rookies is all irrelevant as long as they get picked when you want them, which is yeah, next we week and the, the week after. The one game, boys, Brody Majek, um, 102k with a first round score of 97. Pies have that mid buy um, along with North Melbourne, who had Paula Hearn that dropped 84. He's 123k forward mid. Um, probably the other bull, noticeable one score wise would be um, uh, Atnes. Is that how you spell it? I say it? Apeness. That's Apeness. It is Apeness. It is Apeness. It is Apeness. Yeah, spell Apeness, but it's said Apeness. So. Uh, Michael Apeness, Well, that's, yep. that's what BT went with, so... Who, oh, jeez, that could be... In BT, we trust. Severely wrong. <laughs> um, who dropped the 70 on the weekend, 153k forward. Will Brody's also there. He could be an interesting one that I think a couple could pick up. Um... To maybe play all three, I probably wouldn't. I think the ones if you were going to go early this week would be my check or a Hearn. I think that they the two most likable to pick up. For sure, absolutely. What about the ta- Taylor from GWS? Sam so he, Taylor, he, he, Sammy yeah. Taylor as well down in defence. Yeah, he played well too. My yeah. check better, but I think there are better defensive options like Logan Austin and, and my check who I'd be grabbing, but that might be someone on. Someone else's radar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is anyone grabbing going early on any of these boys? Look, more than likely, and, I, and I'll give you some rationale behind it. Um, I'll more than likely grab only a Hearn this week, and that's just because I want to ensure that I have enough money next week to go grab um, some of the pl- some of the premiums coming off those buys. So in order to use three trades, well, in order to get them next week, I'll probably need more than three trades. So if I get rid of one or one of those trades this week. Um, I'll look to do that in order to make sure that my team is is best moving forward next week. Yeah, I'm not grabbing one this week um, simply because my buy, I've got 22 sitting there at the moment from last weekend. I don't think it'll be 22, but I think it'll be um, high enough. I'll probably grab one next week and one the week after when I'm doing some upgrades and downgrades. I've also got a large kitty sitting in the bank right now. I've got 480k, I think, already in there that was... (sighs) ready for these buy rounds, so I'm ready to launch, I think, yeah, I'll probably pick up a Maya check or a, um, a Hearn next week, even though I know they're going to be on the buy, and then grab the other one the week after, just because I think they're the two most sensible um, ones there, I get another week at looking at them play this week as well, I mean, a Hearn's had a terrible past history, touch wood, that that's gone, and, um, you know, we're fine from here on in. But but Ahern, Ahern hasn't had soft tissue injury, so I'm not concerned about that. He's had he's yeah, had two ACLs I, or something like that. Like, yeah, I'd probably attended, be more concerned about the ACL. Yeah, he and, attended and 24 uh, centre bounces on the And I understand that. I'm not not picking him because that's my worry. I'm picking him. I'm not picking him because I've already got the 22 and I don't have anyone that's really on the bubble to go. Um, hmm. I've I've probably got one player that I can really seriously look probably consider getting rid of in Spargo um, and Murphy, but I don't really want to be wasting too many trades to pick up, you know, 40, 50K. Um, I'm already grabbing Logan Austin this week. If Paula Hearn goes out and does get injured this weekend, then I've a- absolutely missed uh, Mr. Carney. So it's just about playing one more week. Um, I've already got a, a pretty strong side. I do... If there was one I was going to get this week, though, it would be a Hearn. And... I mean, I haven't really done a, a lot of looking into what I'm going to do it this weekend. Um, it'll all come down to when teams are out. If I'm probably two two plays down, three plays down, etc., I may grab a Hearn this week because I think he is going to um, score, you know, score well, especially with those centre bounces attended attended on the weekend and became uh, Mal- uh, North Melbourne's 
all-time high possession-getting debutant. That makes mm-hmm. sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, highest possessions for a debutant ever at North Melbourne. Um, straight in the guts. I was listening to Brad Scott talk this morning, and he has huge raps for his ability. Um, the one thing he said is when he gets the ball, you know he's not losing the ball. So, excellent, very prolific by foot, um, and, and big raps on Paulie Ahern. And if I was going to grab one this week, it would be Ahern. So, no issue in doing what Bomf is doing, especially if you haven't built that kitty up um, and going early on some of these players um, now. Bretta? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Ahern the week early, so I'm following in Bomf's footsteps. Um, the th- reason behind it is I am bringing him in for old mate Charlie Spargo. And the way I look at it is, sure, Ahern's not going to make money this week, but I don't think Spargo is either. And I need to have one of them on the ground this week. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm running Ahern in for Spargo, and I banked 110k or thereabouts. And just, yeah, keep pushing forward. Really like Ahern. Beautiful. Uh, and no one grabbing my check early or any of the other boys? No, not this week. No. Oh, wait. All right, cool. Uh, let's go to some round the grounds. Um, we had Box Hill, who um, lost to Werribee on the weekend. Just for those who are holding on to Mira, he had 19 disposals and four marks. Um, didn't really set the world on fire. Um, no one really overly relevant from the North Ballarat and the Geelong game. Um, North Melbourne are just putting together such a fine little list. Will Walker kick 4-1. Ryan Clark had 36 and um, a goal. Hibbard, uh, Mitchie Hibbard, he had 34. Um, uh, what's his name? Um played well without setting the world on fire. And Big Prusy, Braden Pruce from last year, he had 75 hit-outs on the weekend, boys. Jesus. Crazy. So, um, Jai Simpkins got in the two weeks for his uh, hit on Alan Christensen last week. So, um, yeah, we'll probably see someone come in. My my bet is it could be Zuha as well, or Zuha. Um, he had another two goals, too, on the weekend. He's been pretty impressive over the last couple of weeks. So, North Melbourne, who a lot of us wrote off at the start of the year, especially Bonfer. Um, especially Bonfer. Yeah. Um, they are they're getting some nice quite little depth in there Um, they knocked off Sandringham on the weekend Armo had 28 one goal one and for those who have still got Caulfield he managed to pick up 31 disposals on the weekend Um, Footscray defeated Essendon Um, Biggs had 30 Wallace had 23 and old mate Dylan Clark collected 8 tackles and 20 positions again on the weekend Um, Casey uh, Cam Pedersen snagged 4 goals 1 Wiedemann was back with 2 goals 1 and Balich who got a bit of ball and kicked 1 goal 4 is there a little bit to worry about with Timmy Smith's injury? We don't know yet. Um, someone's got to come in for Lever as well. So um, I reckon that may even be Joel Smith going down back and, and getting back into the, some um, those sides. Uh, the other one is Frost as well too. So who knows what Melbourne will do there. Side uh, note to that, does yeah. Lever out help Michael Hibbert? which we'll get to a little bit later on. Um, Richmond defeated the uh, Collingwood Twos. Uh, Rupert Wills had 36. Murray looked good uh, back off halfback with 21. Um, Sire did not play. Uh, Miles for the Tigers. He had 44 disposals and kicked three goals, one. And Jakey Lloyd had 31 and kicked two goals, one. Not Jakey Lloyd, sorry. Um, Sam. Sam Lloyd. (laughs) Um, And in the waffle, Harley Bunnell went down injured, boys. So, yeah, heard his calf again on the weekend, um, went and sat on the bench, so we'll wait to hear some news about that. Uh, nothing from the West Coast front as of yet. Um, 
in the uh, Neeful, almost said Sandful then, um, for the Swans, Big Cameron had another very impressive game with 54 hitouts and 17 disposals. Again, like I said last week, a little bit tough to get rid of Sinclair at the moment or, or go the two, but he is absolutely killing it in the twos, and um, they'd probably want to get some AFL footy into him sooner rather than later. Alir Alir had 20 um, from fullback as well. Michael Barlow dominated again for Gold Coast, just racking out the pill. He had 41. Um, Sam, uh, Sam Lyons. Uh, Jared Lyons had 22, and Braden Shear had 26. Um, and in the sand full, Crows had the bye. But Port Adelaide, Lindsay Thomas snagged four goals, one. And for those who have Don Barry, some impressive signs on the weekend. He rocked up 29 touches as well. So for those in, holding on to him, let's hope he can get back in and be almost a bit of a buy saviour for a couple of teams. And that's around the grounds for the week. Whew, always a tongue twister. Well uh, done, man. <laughs> always, always a good amount of effort that's going into that. Good on you, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, the challenge, boys. Bombs, you want to tell listeners what their challenge, the reward for, well, sorry, not the reward, the uh, punishment for the loser at the end of the year is? What is this, the Jake Lloyd challenge is what you're talking about? Correct. The Jake Lloyd yeah, challenge. Well, we, call the, we call it the Jake Lloyd challenge, mate, because that's the only player I care about. So the loser is, uh, look, it's unconfirmed what the loser will have to do yet because uh, we said we'll put this to a public vote, but they'll either have to devour an incredible amount of food within a time limit um, or they will have to suffer one of the heat-type challenges like down at Misty's heat, Diners down in uh, Reservoir. So we'll tee that up. We'll open up to the community. Everyone will be able to come on down uh, towards the end of the year once we set all that up. And uh, hopefully, well, at this stage, it'll be uh, Britta down in one of the challenges two years in a row. So I'll be really wrapped about that. Let's go a score recap. Uh, I jumped back in front this weekend with Sicily just putting a nice little 109 on the board. So Sicily averaging 105. Uh, Lloydie jumped back down to a 103.55 average. And Dev Smith all the way down the bottom with a 93.3 average there. So, Bretta, um, what would you prefer to do, mate? Eat the abundance of food or eat the hot food? Oh, I love spicy food and I like free food. So, to be honest, boys... <laughs> This whole punishment business is actually sounding not bad. So yeah. I don't think you realise that these fellas have what they call, a, I think it's called the Caroline Reaper, yeah, which mate, is that's... hotter than a bloody, you know, the ghost chili that they say is off yeah. the chain. I don't, I don't think you realise, like, this thing here, you, you would have to sign waivers to consume it. And you have to eat it with gloves. That's good and shit. If you've, yeah, and if you've got any existing heart conditions, it's probably, you know... Mate, I've got all the pre-existing yeah. heart conditions, don't you worry. Oh, it's probably not advised <laughs> that you go and consume this type of thing to send you into cardiac arrest. This thing is apparently smoking. Right. You can buy like a sauce version at Coles or Woolworths, I'm pretty sure. So I'm just going to go, this is like a bit of a pre-season. I'm just going to go be smashing down little bottles of that over and over. And by the time I get to the challenge, it won't be a problem. Absolutely. Bro, 1.5 million Scoville units. I told you, it's hotter than the ghost chili. The ghost chili is 1 million Scoville units. This thing is insane. Brett, I don't think you understand. No, that's if hot. People, it, it's hot. That's why I'm saying to you, I'm genuine when I say, if there are pre-existing you know, medical concerns, that you advise yeah, not to consume this challenge. Yeah, I need to just have an ambulance on standby and we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah a couple of paramedics down there. If anyone's paramedic. Oh, how's this? It says it has a sweet and fruity flavour. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, boys, we ready for some Who Am I? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. My least favourite segment. Yeah, I don't think you've ever got one right, Bretta. I got uh, it last week. Oh, yeah, actually, oh, you did too. Second guess. Yeah. On his second guess. Yeah, he got Mind point. Uh, who am I? I'm owned in less than 10% of teams. I've played every game so far. 
I'm priced between 500 and 600k. I've had six plus scores of 110, not in a row, just over the season. Um, I'm a DPP and I play in a stacked midfield. Who am I? You're a Collingwood player, that's for sure. No, I reckon I know who it is. I will let Bonds go first. No, 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 let let Brett go. No, 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 because you're wrong, so... (laughs) What do you mean I'm wrong? Well, if it's not a Collingwood player, there's no point in me guessing. Yeah, that's what I would have really liked to just I think it's someone I think it's someone we talked about a lot, Bonfa. Who's this? Pretty sure we spoke his name a few times, I'm pretty sure. If it's if I'm right. Alright, Brett, I go it. for it. Sammy Menegola? It is Sammy Menegola, Brett. Yeah, it's get in boys. Yeah. Right on it. Yep. So priced at just over five hundred K, got a beautiful break even of sixty six. Only problem is is he's got that shit boy. Um, so going to be one tough one to bring in. Uh, could have gave you another clue that I'm probably going to have to give a shout out to another page at the end of the season because uh, I gave Sammy Manningola an absolute whack and wrote him off at the start of the year. So um, no good there. But Sammy Manningola is absolutely on fire. Um, and congratulations, someone might want to let Sammy Manningola know down at the Geelong Football Club that he featured in uh, the famous Who Am I segment. <laughs> He'd be pretty proud to hear that. Um, but are either of you having a look at Sammy Manangola in the long term or even coming up? Because right now, he is on my radar and I think he is a genuine chance to finish his top six forward. Brother? Uh, well, we had, I had a serious look at him. I'm still having a serious look at him. But at this stage, it is a no. Um, few things such a long midfield is pretty heavily stacked. I think we went through his fixture and it got a bit... A bit tough at some stage. I'm not sure. We we had a really good look at it earlier. And, yeah, I think he plays Melbourne towards the finals and stuff like that. So, there's there's a few things with Sammy. He's dropped two fifties. You don't really want that. But I think if you do have him or you are bringing him in, I don't mind. It's simply because you look at the players around him. You look at Westhoff, Caddy, um, Jack Darling, pre-injuries. These are the guys he's sort of battling at that sixth spot with. And I think he's as good, if not better, than pretty much all of them. Um, yeah, you make a good point. I think if it wasn't for the incredibly poor boy, um, I'd consider him a lot more. Um, in saying that, though, the Ford 6 is borderline impossible right now. I think it, it's so hard to pick someone uh, who he can, first of all, just be confident in. Um, and it doesn't even, you know, that's not even there at Ford 6. It's hard enough to do that at Ford 4. I think at the moment this is incredibly difficult. Um, and so is Minagola an option? Yeah, is he on my shortlist? Yes, but that buy is just that bad because, look, I wanted to get rid of Billings to my sort of my F6 type player um, in that last buy, but if Minagola is that type of player, it means I have to, you know, either hold Billings or, look, I just, yeah, look, I'm not too sure. I think he's a good selection and he's, and he's in contention to finish top six most certainly. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. Um, yes, he does have a couple of ugly scores, but... Man, it's just that boy that's really putting me off right now, to be honest. On on average, what do you reckon he is right now in terms of top six, top eight, top ten? What do you think he's sitting? Oh, I think Ford is that open that I think anywhere between... As in, as in right and, now? As in right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, as in right now, at this moment. you know, if, say, buyers were finished, I, w- I would have him as a top seven. Yeah, I was going to say four to eight. If, if, if he didn't have that last buy, I'd get him this week. Yeah, but I yep. think that's where I'm kind of sitting. If so. he was, if, if he was the first round boy, obviously I'd get him the week after. But if he was the second round boy, I'd get him this week. 
Um, but he's just in that terrible little slot of the last boy. Um, but who knows? That could save us because he's, like we said, he's one that could come out and score 50. Um, that break even goes back up and we're paying around 500000 for him. Yeah, it, it could help or hinder going long term. I still think... I, don't, I didn't expect him to have this many midfield minutes. I didn't expect him to be around the ball. And he still is mm. doing well. And they've just got a mighty fine rotation. But we've seen... We've seen almost danger signs happen at, at Geelong with a couple of their stars as well, and I think they just they're just going to keep rotating this every week. Like uh, Tim Kelly, two weeks didn't go near the guts, stayed up forward. Gaz has had periods of times where he's done that. Even Dangerfield's had times where he's just purely sat up forward, um, and Menengola as well. Duncan probably seems to be one that doesn't he probably goes to the bench more than the forward line but even he floats as well I think the one player right now that's barely even going up forward is Joel Selwood he's kind of the only one that's yeah. really sitting in the gut so um, they're a dangerous team and and this is why but that can also hinder our super coach teams at the moment and always becomes a bit of a worry but yeah I think that coming out of that boy if he can go a real good week for the next two weeks he'll be someone that was seriously talking coming out of that last boy but that's where we're at. Um, how are we for buy round structures at the moment, boys? We've got Carlton, Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs, and West Coast on the buy this week, just in case anyone know. Um, Bumps, how many players are you suspected to have playing this week? Well, uh, look, it, it will depend on team selection because I've got some um, players there who are currently not selected and that sort of stuff. So let's say teams are selected as they were last week. I would currently be fielding, well, I'd have more than enough men. Look, with the five news that five is out, I think I'll be fielding 22. Which they will challenge, just in case everyone didn't know that. They will challenge that Fife's one-week suspension um, mm. and try and go off careless. And But if, if Fife's in, I think I've got 23 playing this week. Yep. Bretta? Uh, 20, and I've got, yes, yeah, Smith on the bench covering. Um, also, that counts Lockie Murphy as playing, so I'm not expecting him to play. It'll be down to 19. So probably, I'm, I'm guessing I'll have 19. Yeah, I was 22 with Fife and Murphy as well, so... Um, but I think that'll see. I mean, if Fife goes out, Murph goes out, you know, someone else is a surprise shock, I think that'll really rate, uh, improve the uh, teams that are bringing in a player like a Hearn a week early too. So um, that's all there as well. Just remember, don't kind of... Everyone's going to be in a very similar situation this week. Um, do have a look at your other buys before making moves as well. Always have a look around the next two weeks because the worst thing you want to be doing is going and bringing in a player this week that's, you know, going to be in that dreaded last round buy, like out in that last round buy, and then you're going to get to that buy and you're only going to have like 15 players or something too. So make sure you do just have a look at your buys when you're making your moves. Um, we'll chat on the port, boys. We gave him a big rap last week. If you didn't own any Port Adelaide boys this week, Bretta, is there any way you'd be bringing any of them in? If so, who would you be recommending? Um, the only two I think I'd be possibly considering are Robbie Gray-Westoff. I think they're the two worth considering somewhat. I think both will be close to... Well, Gray's going to probably finish top six, but I think he's going to have a bad back end of the season due to midfield minutes getting shared around. But I'm also thinking Gray could be sort of... I know he's a much better player, but sort of what happened with Tim Kelly the other week. Port's midfield so stacked that they're going to rest him for for two weeks. Um, and then second half of the year, maybe straight back in the guts where he, he's been their best midfielder. So, um, Yeah, I wanted to bring that up too. That's a great point because I think he's too classy to just spend pure minutes in the in the gut, in the the gut forward line. And I think 
they they were missing that class on the weekend um, in the midfield. It was just they've just got the same player, like you know, prototype same player. Wines, Rockliffe, Rockliffe tagged in the weekend, um, didn't do anything. Um, Wines, Rockliffe, uh, Boke, Pow Pepper, um, yeah, Ebert. The one, the two big difference there are Westhoff and Robbie Gray. They seem to be that more classy kind of player, and I just think that I don't know. I wasn't overly keen on teams bringing in. Uh, Gray until he was back in the midfield, but for those who have him, look, I think you can stay positive because I think his midfield minutes will go back up. But, but don't bring him in this week. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really be advocating bringing him in until I see that. Bumper. Yeah, the, the yeah the two that um you guys have spoken about, Westhoff and, and Gray, would be the only ones I'd be considering from uh, Port Adelaide. I I won't be considering anyone from the Gold Coast. Um, and yeah, look for the reasons that we've said for multiple weeks now around Gray and midfield and. Uh, I don't know if you quoted the percentage, but you know it was out today that he spent 94% time in the um, in the forward line this week. Robbie Gray, and look, he snagged four goals and and scored 96. Like he only kicks two goals, he's scoring sub 70, and you're not really wanting that um, moving forward. Look, the advantage with him though is that he um, he does play through all the boys. I think that's a big advantage. But um, and and I think look, he's going to have games where he just absolutely dominates and tears it apart. So I think by average, he'll probably end up as a top eight. Just, I just don't have a lot of confidence if you're seeing his name as a unique lining up against your opponent every week, though. That Westhoff conversation, um, he was on 60 at half-time and finished the game yeah, on 80-odd. Yeah. Is that, for those that were seriously looking at him, should that be danger signs? Yeah, because at half-time of that game, I was bringing him in. I messaged us, and I put in the group chat, just Westhoff in, in big capital letters, and... Um, you haven't heard me talk about him since because because with that second half he's just gone, he's just gone absolutely uh, off the radar. Bonfer's curse, um, curse. But, Yeah, I, I, every time I open my bloody mouth, isn't that right? Um, look, I, I still will have a look at him because um, look, if I'm not going to get Menegola because of the buy, I really need to find someone else. And you know whether that's Hogan, Westoff, uh, or anyone else, Dev Smith, anyone like that that I'm that I'm looking for. He's uh, certainly in contention um, for me moving forward. But I think if I'm getting Westoff, I'm probably getting this week because I want to take advantage of it during the buys. Yeah, that would be my my um, point there. That if you were getting Westoff, this is the week to get him, or even Robbie Gray to a lesser extent. Um, yeah, I was pretty adamant on Westoff, and me and Brett had this conversation. Then I went and checked the scores last night that he's put out this year, and I was actually a little bit shocked that there were a lot of um, a lot of 80s in there, a lot of 70s and 80s that can kind of jeopardise you on a week-to-week basis. But we do talk about, you know, if you're going to lose by 10 points, you might as well lose by 40 or go for those big scores and pinch the win if you're playing in league. But, um, yeah, do you think the rider news helps him at all, boys? The fact that he is playing sore and they say that they may rest him at some stage? Yeah, oh, I'm secretly like a kinder. I know this is bad to say. We should never wish ill health on anyone. But if Ryder goes down with an injury, Westhoff becomes an absolute lock. Hopefully it's just like a sore foot or something. But like something just... Yeah, they're just like lingers for like yeah. 10 weeks. Yeah, we'll just rest him, put him on ice, and bring him back for the AFL finals, you know? Really yeah, that'd be smart. Yeah. Would that worry on the weekend be? I mean, that Port were in that game, um, and he was he was around the guts early in that game, when it, you know? And then he kind of did try and play that Mr. Fix-It role that they always use him for. Is that, is that help or hinder, or is that just turned you off? This means in games where they blow teams out, he's probably going to score 130. In tight games, he's probably going to do the team thing and score 80. That's what you got to live with. 
So is it more of a check and mm. fixture kind of thing? And, and, and Port's, fixture, Port's fixture is really good, isn't it, Brett? We, we were having mm. a look at this uh, while waiting for you, Corey, because you're a bit of a slacker today uh, in terms of getting on the podcast. I mean, Brett... Like just... every week. Sick yeah. away, to be honest. <laughs> we, were having, we were having a, a look at it. And um, look, how, how would you like this? Um, so between round 12 to 19, um, they go Richmond. Okay, that's a, that's a tough game, but it's at Adelaide Oval. They play the Dogs. They play Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. Then they go Carlton, Saints, Frio, GWS, Bulldogs. That is a really good run, if you ask me. And in finals, it ain't too bad either. It's Adelaide. Um, obviously, it's, it's a showdown. Um, and he, I can't, can't remember what he scored earlier in the year. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, West Coast at Adelaide Oval as well, Collingwood. And then they finish off with Essendon at Adelaide Oval. They've got a lot of Adelaide Ovals um, coming up in the back end of the year here as well. And I think that's really going to work in their favour. Eight games, it is, out of ten. Oh, no, sorry. Eight games out of 12, I think, at Adelaide Oval. Something like that. Yeah, I don't mind it. Any worry if those for those who have Rockliffe that are looking at West Off or Vosa Versa? Can you run both in your team? If you have Rockliffe. If you have Rockliffe. Uh, sorry, you... not Rockliffe. Um, Gray. Right. Oh, no, no, you can run both of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've got Gray already, and I'm looking at West Off. Yeah, no problems. Agree, Brett? Agreed, just wouldn't be going and getting both now. Okay, beautiful. Um, let's have a little bit of Melbourne chat, boys. Um, we'll start with your boy Hibbard, Bretta. And the question you asked earlier, does Lever affect it? I think it does positively. I mean, we had a look last year. There was no Lever at Melbourne, and, and, and you've seen what he would do. Um, it probably just takes another ball user. I don't think it's going to make a huge impact, um, especially with the amount of quality ball users that are, that have emerged from Melbourne and can use that ball now. Um, but if I had Hibbert, I probably wouldn't be just turfing him for the sake of it this week. Bons? Yeah, in terms of that, I mean, Lever's, what, first month of the year was absolutely pathetic, wasn't it? Maybe first five weeks, would you say? Yep. Hibbert's first five scores, 74, 72, 92, 73, 63. So if Lever's not getting the ball... Um, in those first five weeks. Who, who else was getting it? It certainly wasn't Hibbert anyway. Um, I think Hibbert's going to produce what he's produced um, already. He hasn't scored a ton this year. Um, he's been close on it on three occasions um, where he's gone at least 95 or above. But um, I think that's what's going to happen. You're going to get 60 or 70 as kind of a baseline with the occasional 90 right now. Um, I won't be moving Hibbert on right now, though. I think he's, he's just value. He's just got absolutely nothing about it. Um, but... Look, certainly if you were in a luxurious position where you had a few extra trades left, you know, say you had five or six trades left and your team was kind of complete and maybe a little, you know, nice little 50 or 60, 70 in the bank, I'd look to move him on then to another fallen premium like Michael Hurley, post buys or something like that. Brett, do you want to have a dab at your own question? Uh, no, I don't mind what Bob said. I figured that Lever out would probably help him, but just because there'd be more ball to go around, and it's probably going to play that sweeper role a little bit more. But he just, I think it's only can only be good. I don't think it can really hurt him. But how good can it be? We don't really know. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the next couple of weeks are going to be a sample size, really. So there's no value think, there. I think Melbourne this year are scoring a lot more. Um, the ball's down the back a lot less too. Yeah, but, but in terms of the way they're scoring, I think they're scoring more from clearance-type situations and, and sort of forward-pressure turnovers as opposed to generating run from half-back and starting chains from the back line and moving them all to the forward line because Hibbard's assists and, and just general score assists are down. So 
Um, it may just have to do with, you know, Melbourne's game plan, just how good they are or how much better they are as a team this year as opposed to last year. It's, it's not a, allowing it's a the lot, opportunity. a lot faster this year too. Well, it's, it is, yeah. It's, it's not... Where last year it was like, all right, give the ball to Hibbard, let Hibbard be our quarterback and then yeah. go. Where now it's... They don't switch as much. Yeah, yeah, it's just quick. It's, you know, get the ball run at all cost. Get the mm. ball down there, you know. that They are... The amount of goals that they kick out the back from just pure work rate is for not uh, yeah I'm gonna go yeah. there is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> save myself the embarrassment of getting that word like ten times um, and I think the one that is gonna benefit from it and there's a man that's sitting in almost all of our teams up forward right now is Bailey Fritch he's um, on the weekend he dropped 111 he has played 50-50 split kind of over the last four weeks down forward and back You've seen his scores really benefit from it. Last week, spent 70% of game time um, once Lever went off behind the ball, um, and you've just seen how classy he was. I think Fritch is going to be the man that is definitely going to be benefiting from this, and I know he's got his buy next week. I seriously urge people to not be jumping off Fritch too early just because he's got that buy. I think that, especially if you have Billings, he could be one long-term that could become a serious hold and in that last upgrade spot, or even going into a final series, sitting him in as an F7 and potentially having that loop. We know Lever's out long-term, and I think, look, just look at it and see what we get from Fritsch this week. Um, Because, yeah, I I think that he's going to really benefit from Lever going down. Great. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's really. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's really going to benefit from it. But uh, look, his points are put down to a considerable role change from forward pocket to, to wing to half back. Um, so I think that's more where the, the changes come from from Fritch. Um, and he's taken just a lot of marks. He's getting involved in a lot of chains. And when you're scoring as frequently as Melbourne do, then you're going to get involved in a lot of score, score assists, and that sort of stuff, which Supercoach reward. Um, I certainly agree with you, though. I mean, you you wouldn't even consider trading this guy. Um, you know, you move on players like Billens first. If you still got Billens, and um, you know what, he could potentially be the Nick Newman of when was Nick Newman good? Was the last year, the year before? Well, last year. Corey, yeah, Corey when, didn't know. Yeah, well, Corey yeah, didn't know. I didn't have I him, but you kind of just sat. traded him. You you kind of just sit Nick Newman at defender six last year, running into finals, didn't we? And it was more than okay because the bloke was just churning score after score after score. Um, put it this way: if his name wasn't Bailey Fritch, and you know he. This player had yeah, gone. His name was Jack Billings, right now. Billings, he is yeah. exactly the same player. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. just being so, used correctly. And and, and his numbers, um, particularly over the last month, have been really, really good. So, yeah, no, I'm not even close to moving friction at the moment. Yeah. And obviously, those who have Nat Fife, I mean, there's going to be some idiots out there, but do not trade this man. Um, do you remember when they traded him after round one? That was funny. Yeah, yeah I traded him. You traded, yeah, of course. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, Dustin Martin, though, boys, a lot of teams are getting pretty angry with him and probably have good reason to. Is I mean, there's no way I'd trade him. I'd be the last person. That would be a serious luxury upgrade. Um, any to say to those who are considering trading in bonds? Yeah, don't do it until the rest of your team is complete. And by complete, we mean that you've got you know, premiums in every position on field. Um, so if, you know, your team's kind of complete, and like I was saying, you know, about Hibbert before, maybe moving to Hurley after the buys and after the rest of your team is done, if you've got the five, six trades left over, 
you can afford to patch up something like this. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's the correct move to move him on, but I think it's only correct if you've got the trade sitting in the bank, and I only think it's correct if your team is complete um, before you do something like this. Brett, anything to add? Agree. Agreed, agreed. agreed. Uh, Unless you, yeah, you need luxury trades. Yeah, and that's, I think, I feel that that'll separate a lot of teams at the end. I understand there's those frustrations. If you moved on Billings early, you probably made the right call where, you know, a lot of us have backed him in and, and held on to us. But you can't keep making all these luxury trades so early in the season, especially if you're playing for league. I mean, if you're up there, just wait, keep trading around and keep doing what you're doing and then finally go. Um, but, yeah... You know how good he is. He's dropped massive scores this season already. He won a round though last year purely off just some amazing football. So don't be going and beating him up too early. Um, he's a superstar and definitely one that could have a huge back end of the season. Ready for some questions, boys? Always. Yeah. Yep. All right. Starting on Twitter, Josh, uh, S. HQ uh, at Joshy G222 opted to pick Westop over Gray as Gray is playing deep forward now and won't kick high amounts of goals every week. What are your thoughts on this move? Am I crazy? No, I think it's a it's a reasonable thing to consider. If I had the choice out of one, I'd probably still pick Gray. Brett? Mm, yeah, it's pretty tight. Um, I don't mind both, Very obviously tight. we've been through it, but yeah, I probably, I think if I had to pick this week, I'd probably take West off, just to feel it's a little safer. Yeah, I'm the same, and that's, I'm with Gray, as soon as Gray goes back into the midfield, uh, that'd be a complete shift for me, but yeah. I'm so worried. I think, I think Gray's going to stink it this week, to be honest, Richmond are really, really good defensively, so I think Gray's going to be missing those goals that he's, that he's kicked. Yeah, they're going to need some extra class in the midfield, so I'm hoping he goes in there. Um, at 5 Jester, JJK for F8. Bargain price playing in top side and Darling injured now. Um, we had this quick talk last night, brother, until I went and looked at previous year's scores. Look, JJK is going to score you 160 some weeks, but he's always a chance to back that up with 260s the next week. Very, very erratic. So if you're picking out a player like JJK, just be prepared for some very frustrating scores some weeks and, and, and probably losing some league games because of it. Anyone else? Yeah, I'm in the boat of don't get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I understand he's probably undervalued, but he's more of a luxury item, I reckon. Um, JJK would be perfect for an F9. Um Oh, F7. F7 maybe. Yeah, sorry, F7. Don't know how many field, how many bloody spots you can field. <laughs> yeah, I think the question had F8, so that wasn't you. I got yeah, you covered, yeah, don't yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Uh Bryce Mitchell, who's your top three rookies out of the Bubble Boys and debutants? Um, I think it's pretty simple. Austin, Ahern, probably my check. Just the big the scores that are there. Yeah, right. agreed. Yep. Um, at Nathan eight two zero zero one three eight seven, do we go early and trade a non-playing rookie to build a chest for next week to make upgrades? Also, a great call on not moving Fritch for Dusty. Yeah. Um, well, no, you don't get a non-playing rookie. Um, why would you get a non-playing rookie this week? Does he mean someone who has the buy? Uh, the, the 
Potentially, yeah. Cause the clubs that have the buy don't even have anyone that's... Yeah, they do. <laughs> Rourke, but there's probably better options there as I well. wouldn't touch Rourke Smith, yeah, no. I'd prefer to go early on your Hearns and your Meyer checks, and if you don't have Austin, get your Austin. I'd prefer to go early on them. You don't want to trade in someone who's not going to play. Yeah, and yeah. the question was around maybe those players that have played one game and maybe worded a little bit um, incorrectly then, yeah. I have no issue bringing in an Ahern or a Mychek a week early, especially Ahern. Yeah. Um, Aiden Ameta uh, at underscore Ameta1. Do we still bring in Logan Austin if it means he'll be D6 on field each week? Well, if he's scoring like he is, yeah. Well, who cares if he's on field? Yeah, I'd be bringing him in. I, my defense isn't going to be upgraded until post buy, so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm probably going to be running him as, as D6. Brett, you're going to contribute? Yeah, until he shows otherwise. Yeah, we will. We you know what I found interesting? Him. Sorry for cutting you off. You know what I found interesting in Richo's press conference this, uh, this week? He was talking about Logan Austin, and obviously he had six goals kicked on him. He, he did not once mention Logan Austin's offensive work. He was just talking about how poor he was against JJK and, you know, JJK kicking the six and that sort of stuff, which I found interesting in a press conference for a player who's barely played any football um, in his entire career that, you know, you know that sandwich sort of thing. How they, you know, they drop in a compliment, they drop in, yeah, you know, yeah. something finish off with a compliment. He was just all about the negative. He didn't drop anything about, you know, the amount of ball he was getting or the way he was using it or anything I was like that. I say, is there a serious worry about Logan Austin when, um, like Brown is back and ready nah. to come? No, nah, I don't think so. It's you a David Mirror effect. You think he's holding his spot on the team? I, I think, I think he will. I think when Carlisle comes back, Carlisle will take the player. And it will allow Logan Austin to develop. I mean, St. Kilda are in no position, and this is me, they're in no position to go play a 30-year-old Nathan Brown at fullback when the year is clearly tanked. Um, so why would they play someone like that ahead of developing someone like a Logan Austin? Fury well, and, and Bailey Rice got a bit hurt. They might not play this week as well. So they, I think they'll both play, but I think it's just absolute stupidity for the benefit of that club um, not to be playing Logan Austin. I'd be you know what else is stu- stupid? for the thing of that club, playing Jack Billings in for the full pocket instead yeah, of on the wing around the ball. Well, they're doing that. So there's a track yeah. record there, Bonfa. Well, maybe they're just, maybe Richo was just like, look, let's uh, let's just get his super coach average down and whoever's got the balls to pick in next year will reap the rewards. Smart. That's actually so smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty smart. At underscore VS, the underscore SC underscore bull. Um, is it worth bringing an extra... Uh, is it worth waiting an extra week, sorry, post buys to bring in McRae and Crips after their price drops or pull the trigger and take the 100 plus and lose 50 to 60k? I think McRae is one that you definitely wait on. Crip is an interesting one. And, and um, uh, David King was talking about it this morning, the serious worries of the toll that Crips' body takes. Um, and, you know, for such, he's only played 70-odd games. Just the absolute abuse that his body takes at his age and the contested numbers that they don't want to be burning him out, especially this year when, that you know, they're not really overly competitive for a final spot. Um, and it got me thinking, worrying a little bit long-term for those who have Crips, because he could seriously go spend a bit of time up forward um, to just take that bit of pressure off him as well, too. So he was hurt. You've seen him after the game. I think, was it you? Were you talking the other day? Bond, so you're saying he looked like a um, a wrapped up mummy? Was or was that someone else? 
might have been someone else, but yeah. I, but I did make comment on how thick the um the bandages were over his quad and everything, yeah. man. Like the IH, yeah, uh, the you can't touch it at the moment. Crips, I, look, his numbers are certainly good. I know he had a 54 on the week, and he still found ball, but he was just pathetic with the ball. He gave away probably about 10 free kicks as well. Um, gave away like 50 metres that he was just crucified for in Supercoach and all the rest of that sort of stuff. Um, but his numbers prior to this week were nothing short of, you know, real sort of premium status. Um, I'd, look, he's, five, he's 569, which is probably around the price you'd want to pay for him. I just think if you can get him at 500, I'd be a lot more comfortable paying 500 knowing that there's a potential injury risk or, or a missed game going forward. But Carlton's buy this week has come at the up, absolute perfect time for him, I believe. I don't think he finishes top eight. He's too sore. Yeah, I, I don't think he does, and I don't think he finishes close. So it's not. He's a player that I think needs to clean up his disposal efficiency as well, and you hear me beat on this every week. He, he cannot kick a football, um, and it's not... You know, totally his fault. The, the, the take, that club will grow and mature, and I think as the football club gets better, I think Cripps will be an absolute elite super coach player. Um, and you know, two or three years down the track, even next year, I think he will be an absolute must-have. But for the back end of this season, Cripps is one that I'm seriously happy to pass on um, and, and not even look at. Too too many erratic scores for my liking. Um, McRae, on the other hand, is one that I think his break-even is just too high to pick up that first week back, and he's one that I'll wait that next week to, to have a look at. 700 is probably too much with that 212 break-even. He'll be around the 650 price, I think. Hopefully they you know do a number and he scores a 110 or something, something just enough to give us a bit of confidence and, and yeah, still bring that price right down. He's just so consistent, though, that right now if I'm waiting on one more upgrade and it's between McRae and Cripps, there's no way I'm taking Cripps ahead of McRae. Has to be McRae. Mm-hmm. I think it's McRae too. Yeah, and we were talking, I mean, Brett, we were talking a lot during the week about um, Trelaw and the potential of Trelaw and how his form is as a, as a last upgrade target. Then I went and looked at the numbers. I mean, Trelaw's last month's been really, really good, but... I mean, McRae's so consistency is so hard to ignore, but uh, he's just too expensive at the moment. Yeah. yeah. As far as that one is there. Uh, Bretta, this is uh, sent straight to you. Um, Brent 57126026. It's not, but thoughts on bringing Tom Phillips in as M8. Bro, that guy's so good. (laughs) Yeah, for like two years I've been saying Tom Phillips is going to be... An absolute gun, and my mate, shout out to Dizza, who wanted us to trade him. Love your work, Dizza. Big uh, anti-Tom Phillips man. I th- still think he wants us to <laughs> trade him, but um, I think he's averaging like, like 100 and something, 102, 103, or something like that. Um, I absolutely ripped off another good friend in one of our draft leagues and got him a few weeks ago, and yeah, there's been complaints ever since about that. I love Tom Phillips. Um, I think he's going to be a very, very relevant super coach player over the next few years. Um Right now, though, 530000 for a guy who's pretty good. You can get Josh Kelly or Trelaw for around the same price, and it's as simple as I trust them a little bit more right now than I do Phillips. Yeah, I'd 100% be going Trelaw ahead of Phillips. How Phillips was not listed as a defender at the start of this year is Yeah, we had that discussion. Oh, I don't understand how he did not start the year as a defender. Um, he certainly was a halfback, last, halfback wing, isn't he? Yeah, um, last year. Gee, absolute yeah. rubbish that he wasn't listed as a 
as a halfback flanker. Ah, they're allowed to get something wrong. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, I suppose. We do every week, so... <laughs> Well, I'll speak Sorry, Bomford does every week. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, Coop Smith, thoughts on Ed Kerno over Paddy Cripps? Uh, no, I would not. No, I prefer Why Cripps. Well, like I prefer Cripps. Um, <laughs> we had this discussion about Kerno last week, didn't we? And you know, all of yous, pretty well, not all of yous, but the both of you said that. You don't want Ed Kerno going forward. You don't want Ed Kerno, and I was a bit more positive around Ed Kerno because he always tackles. He's always con- he always gets the contested stuff. But if you're weighing up Kerno beat Cripps, I think Cripps is the clear choice there. Kerno's averaging more, and he's had no scores under eighty six. Because you know Cripps had that fifty on the weekend. Yeah, that was the that was the outlier or out outlier. That's what Corey says, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the outlier that you know, affected the average. Honestly, Quite that dramatic. joke comes up at least once a month. Um, <laughs> if, uh, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm not a big Kerno fan. I think there's heaps better options out there than Paddy, um, Paddy Kerno, Ed Kerno. Um, I think, I think Cripps makes Kerno look a lot better too. So I think he's a good player, um, but I think Cripps feeding in the ball definitely helps. Yeah, I'm just taking the contested beast over Kerno's outside running numbers, so I'm, I'm back. That doesn't have Cripps. Sorry? Erno doesn't contribute outside run. Ah, well, you know, that next link train. Paddy Cripps is is, uh, up plus 100 contested possessions on Ed Kerno. That's a joke. Kerno better? Yeah, it's crazy. Cripps is a C-plus midfielder at best. We've just got to establish that and move on. (laughs) Um, Dan Halson, why the hell do we play this... Why the hell do we play this stupid game and put ourselves through this every year? Bombs if I can quote myself, yeah. <laughs> if I can quote myself from a few weeks back, it's a bit like what did I say? What did I call it? Ice the or heroin? The highs are high and the lows are low. <laughs> not that I conduct, uh, not that I um, sorry Condone. promote drug use or anything like that. Condone drug use or anything like that. It's just through research. What I've been told is what I. <laughs> sure. uh, fly through the Facebook questions. Time Mac, is it worth bringing Liam Ryan as a downgrade target? There could be either a solid bench cover or loophole option in the home stretch. Well, is, 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 until he's selected, I don't think that's a question you can ask. So he's selected this week, Bomb. Uh, at 190,000 um, with West Coast with the first bite. Well, he won't get selected this week. He has to be selected next week. Yeah, you're not right. At 190,000, um, I think, yeah, it's not. look, it wouldn't be too bad. He'd, He'd make some cash. He'd play through the buys, but gee, wouldn't you rather just go all the way down to the bottom to someone else? So you could swing Sicily to get either Austin or Ryan in two weeks. Say so Austin's dropped or whatever, and just works out as the same player. Who do you think is a better player to bring in? Uh, I, th- I still think Austin. Yeah. I think. Uh, look, I think when Ryan comes back, we're probably getting sucked into the last game or two that he played. He's when he comes back, he may not, yeah, he yep. may not hit those high shadows. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Chris Smallman. Hey guys, looking to bring in both Argrey and Westhoff. Reasons why I shouldn't would really help me during the buys. I think they will be both top eight forwards. Also have one mid spot left out of Trelaw, Cripps, Kerno, Gaff, and Salwood. Who would be the best bet? I have all the other good mids. Cheers. Uh, for the midfields, for me, it's probably Trelaw. I think just purely on those uh, those numbers that he's putting yeah. out there at the moment. Uh, right. Moving forward, I think he will finish top eight. Um, and look, I've got no. I think I think the key, the key to this so question, tough. 
The I don't want to get both. question was he thought, this, this listener thought, Gray and Westhoff were top eight. If you think they're top eight, you buy them this week so you can have them both throughout all the buys. Look, he's a real we're listener, not... real man of the people, Redder. Just listen to talking? what the people are asking. Big well, listener, well, you've man. Got, you've got to listen to what they're going to say, mate. You've got to listen. They, 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 um, they bring up some good questions. And I'm with you guys with Trelaw as well. But but that's what he said. I mean, yeah, we would always you know we, we always say on this, we always say on this program, if you think someone's top eight, then, then you get them. I don't think we've ever said that. We, th- we think they're a chance for top eight. Uh, we think they're both a chance for top eight. Probably both certainly top ten. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but uh, Robbie Gray, you can't chase points. It's a classic. Don't go chasing points. I know points you can't. Waterfalls. I know you can't but he thinks points. they're going to be top, they're top eight. He thinks. Right, yeah, I think, I think Gray will finish top eight, but I don't think he's no, points from right now forward. But I don't he's think they probably are. talking about from right now, Brett. This Mr. Well, I don't like to assume. I would <laughs> and, and look, Robbie Gray has been moved to the forward line the last three <laughs> games he's played, and he's got a three-game three game average of 95. So I'll we'll say those... he averages 95 from here on out. I reckon he's, what, listed at 15th in the forwards? <laughs> I don't There's 15 so. forwards that have averaged 95 or more, including Sam Reid, who is a much better option. No, not really. But So 14 fit forwards <laughs> that have averaged above 95. Yeah. If you think Robbie Gray is averaging 95 from here on in, how is he uh, worth bringing in? Who the hell do you think is averaging over 95? That's, that's what I want to work out. Let's have a look. Let me run through it for you now. Just run it up. So, Tom McDonald, Toby McLean, Isaac Heaney, Sicily, Westhoff, Robinson, Caddy, say, Darling, Hogan, Menegola, Franklin, Akers, Lidio, Travis Boe. I spoke to you about Tom McDonald away from this podcast, and you were just absolutely ripping into me about even look, considering mate, him. Look, um, they call me Stats Brett for a reason, and he's averaging 111. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's Anyways, next question. Um,. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, hat codes, this is Scott Warwick, hat codes, Crisp and Westoff break even 141, so I can wait. Also, Austin mid-season cash grab must. I don't think that was a question. I think that was just a statement. Um, <laughs> Rodney T, hey, fellas, trade plans this week seem like a good week to hold. Maybe Al Austin in the back line thoughts. Uh, at the moment, Rodney, that's what I'm doing. I'm only doing the one. It'll come down to team selection, though, whether or, um, and if somehow I change my name off. Change my name? change my mind on Westhoff um, and pick him up then. I think yeah. most teams are honestly just doing the one trade of getting Austin. Yeah. So don't feel like Except you're out in the cold doing that by yourself. All three, because he doesn't yeah, have to not trade. Um, Ross Martin, what <laughs> okay, are the prizes for the exotic limo wig? Pretty sure I'm going to win it. Preferred <laughs> an earlier season uh, thing. I think it's actually in the league too, up on the side. Um, oh, one's Billings kissing to gear. Good on your Austin. They, they were just... It was just you know limo uh, you know giveaways you know if you if thing if you came first you know it was like the Ferrari limo package uh, don't, and don't quote me on this if you came second it was like you know a thing it might have been the, the bumblebee package or something like that or it might have been a you know hefty contribution to, to paying for, for that sort of thing um, and then I think as the you know as it goes down then it was just pretty much uh, gift vouchers um, and that sort of stuff to to book yourself a, a limo in one of the beautiful rides that they've got down there at exotic limos. We do love exoticlimo.com.au. And it is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the comment section on uh, thing A, but we can find it and get it back up. Um, Justin Iris, he's got heaps of questions. Uh, should I get Yo and McRae after the buys or wait for them to get cheaper? Already been answered. Thoughts on my check over Austin this week and grab the extra 60k? Don't hate it if it gets you what you want, but I'd prefer Austin. Yeah, I prefer Austin. Um, and just to clarify again, uh, could Fritsch be kept as F6 instead of Billings? I think this is because he doesn't yes. going to have enough trades to do both. 
I think that yes. that is a 95% lock to happen. Yep. Um, and trade Mirror, I'll wait for him to come back in and make enough cash. I don't think, I don't, I think you got to move Mirror. I moved him last week. Yeah. I moved him last week too. Uh, Rank oh, Franklin, Gray, McDonald, Walters, Westoff. Oh, Franklin 1, Westoff 2, Walters 3. Who are the other two? Gray Hogan and. Oh, so. Uh, McDonald 4, Gray 5. McDonald 1, Gray. Wow. Oh, I'm telling you, you know what? I'm. The fact that you hate him so much, <laughs> I, I might just even pick him this week, honestly. Do it. You would do Donald it. Donald 1, Gray 2. Who else was there? Westoff 3, Franklin 4, and who did I miss? Uh, Walters. Yeah, Walters will be at 5 because I'm, I'm worried about injury. The thing wow. I hate is every week we go and say something and like Bonfer goes to bat and just rips into me about something. He ends up just going and picking up the player that like I suggested and uh, then say. Franklin 1... <laughs> Walters 2, McDonald 3, Wester 4, Gray 5, until he goes back into that midfield. Then he's number 1. And then he's number 1. So, <laughs> but I'm just picking, so good luck. I'm picking off the sample size I've got now. Um, well, if I was confident in Walter's body, I'd probably have him at 1. Um, I think... Why, why aren't you guys giving McDonald the, the respect I, I think I feel three. like he deserves? I just had him 3. Yeah, but you had... Did you have Franklin ahead of you? Yeah, I got Franklin at one. I think fit, I think fit Franklin yeah. is uh, the best player there. Franklin's not fit though. Yeah, but he's got a bike coming up. That's a nice little week, and after that, he probably powers home. Um, I'm not going to lie, Bonf. So I'm having a look at McDonald. Not this week, yeah. but I'm keeping it very close. If he comes out and does what he's been doing uh, last couple of weeks against Collingwood, I have serious look at him coming out of his bike because he's not just that stay-at-home forward either. Like we spoke about this last week, him and Hogan up and down, up and down, up and down. Up they just down. run everyone off their feet. Um, Abel Grant, Oliver, Kelly, or other? I love Abel. Um, Oliver, Kelly, then other. Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver yeah. one. Kelly is looking better and better each week. And I I'd think probably have other than Kelly. Kelly's on my watch no, list. Like, man. Really if, you don't have, my last if you don't have Kelly right now, add him to your watch list and keep watching him play. If Bro, he goes massive in this week... Don't worry. He is getting... Significantly better by the second he's out on that field. Yeah, if he goes big this week, then gets a week off, I'd probably bring him in for the last buy ahead of McRae and Trelaw. Yep. Uh, Taz McAllister, I'm probably not bringing him ahead of McRae, but yeah. Taz McAllister, is With Rice price. still an option this week? Same price as Austin almost. No, and it's because of that ankle. He came off twice on the weekend. I was shitting myself he wasn't going to come back on. But he is a super talented player, and I think Austin is, is as well. Those two could have a pretty bright future at St Kilda, I reckon. Rice uh, was, was more impressive, uh, I think. Just I think it's harder to play um, and, and sort of... Yeah, just, just his sort of role. Like, it's real kind of defensive. It's real kind of shut down. But he's got a mature head on him. How old is he, 23, something yeah. like that? Um, would I bring him in ahead of Austin? No, I wouldn't, though. Uh, which rookies are you not sold on with upcoming job security? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Austin? Yeah, oh, nah, see, I'm sold on that. Um, I, I'm not sold on, and I'm assuming he means players that we haven't brought in yet. Um, I'm not sold on my check as of yet because Ben Reed and Jeremy Howe need to come back in so I'm not sure what that means for him um, and I'm not sold on, on Rourke Smith I'm not sold on the, G, the Taylor from GWS that's just played a game and I'm not sold on more from Richmond either Yeah, uh, probably uh, Apness as well 
is yeah, and and uh, yeah, as soon as Sanderlands comes back, back in. and and the other one Jones, Jones from Fremantle um, that that ended up they doing as well. Team yeah. Right now, Murphy. Um, I think Spargo will get another chance. Um, I don't think so. I think he's Smith, gone. Smith, Garlet. Uh, um, oh yeah, actually they got Garlet. They they got some big names to come back in. They got some. Um, Ballage played well again. I think is Garlet the one that's in? no Garlet's in, isn't he at Melbourne at the moment? Who's no, he's out. No, he's out. Not the one that's in. Yeah, he could actually come back in for Spargo. Um, Unless Tim Smith goes out. Yeah, uh, Fender Dan with Gray looking like looking like he's scoring his own go- only going to be depe- highly dependent on goal kicking. Is a sideways trade to McLean the better option after the first buy round? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you wait for your team to be upgraded and then go. The, uh, look, I think even with even with him sitting in the forward line, he's still going to pump numbers on average. It's going to be good enough for top eight, I think. Yep. Even if he's sitting at seven or eight, like, I still think it's it's on average he's going to be good enough. Yes, he's going to have a sixty, but he's going to have one forties in there too because he's going to he's just going to rip games apart at times. All right, boys, vice captain and captain options this week. Tough week. So tough. Easy week. Dangerfield. Dangerfield against North. Do you not remember what happened? And, you know, every time he's played. You know, 140 and 229, his last two games against them. So, he's injured uh, and Jacobs is going to tag somebody. Yeah, but Jacobs will spend time in the midfield, not in the forward line. So um, I think that's going to be a cracker game. It's down at Skilled Stadium. Danger levels. J-E-H, M-B-A, whatever that was called. Danger loves G-H-B-A. it there. Danger isn't. Yeah, Danger is an absolute no-brainer for me. Are you not worried that this is, and I say this every week, you bring up history, are you not worried that this is a different North Melbourne team to previous years? not worried about it being a different North Melbourne team. I'd be more worried about Dangerfield's uh, lingering injuries than anything else. But I think if you can pump numbers like that against a team uh, and I can VC you, I think it's certainly worth the risk uh, on VC because... What, what's what's the harm? Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, captain? Uh, well, Captain, that's where it gets interesting because, um, you know, I would love to say someone like, you know, Fife or, or someone like that, but I think we're really starved for Captain opportunities this week and I'm probably just going to have to do something that I don't even like, which probably is like Matt yeah, Crouch, um, just because I'd be confident that Matt Crouch will just get 34 touches or something like that. Did you know, actually, with Matt Crouch, what do you have on the weekend? 36. I think it's the last five times he's played on a Sunday afternoon game, which he's got this week. He's had at least 34 touches. Now, whether there's a conspiracy theory... That is a serious stat. But I don't think he gets enough love from a super coach. He's just not pumping 120s, is he? He's just getting over the line with 100 and only scoring. But I feel that that's a really safe captain option. I'd love to go into Oliver um, on Queen's birthday, but I don't know if I know... I don't know if I have the go-homes to do something like that. Yeah, they, uh, a Gorn and Grundy just too risky because they're playing on each other. Yeah, just kill each other. Well, <laughs> well let me tell you, I, I certainly wouldn't be going Grundy um, because do you know what Gorn's opponents have re- averaged against him this year? Say I'll guess 67. Corey? Uh, oh, 80. Um, and how many tons do you think have been scored against Gorn this year? I reckon one, and I reckon Tom Hickey was the guy who did it. And I reckon I told you that before the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you'd, be, you'd be right on. But that's right, yeah, Tom yeah, Hickey. I'm getting good at this. He'd score a ton against Max Gorn. Max Gorn's opponents averaged 65 against him. 
There's, and and there's and there's one ton in that. His second highest conceded score is seventy six. Now, albeit yeah, hasn't played Brody Grundy yet, boy. He hasn't yeah. played Brody Grundy. <laughs> he, he hasn't he hasn't come up against a midfielder in the ruck, has he? So I understand that perspective. Um, but Grundy has been getting uh, some solid hit outs to advantage. I just don't expect that to be uh, really present on Monday. Um, and and look, Grundy on average has given up ninety four points a year against Ruckman. He's played as well, and only. Two Ruckman have scored tons on him, so I'm not big on on Gorn or, or Grundy here. But this could be a game. I, I, this is the matchup of the year for me. What do you reckon? Game of the year, pre-game, um, and Gorn v Grundy. I don't think we can see a better matchup uh, coming up. Or just a player v player. This is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, say, I, look, freeze the freeze MMD. Yeah. Um, how about you go Gorn? I'll go Grundy, and fifty yeah. buck donation to the loser. Yeah, I don't sure have to go. So, uh, <laughs> and Brett will take the goey. Done. All right, cool. We'll done. Do, we'll can I have a just, line? Can I have a no, line? No, no, we've just can have the Sorry, you got the goey. Lose it, lose it. Nah, we'll give him a give him plus 20 point because the goey. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, the goey plus 20. We'll right. give him the goey plus 20. Uh, Corey will take Grundy and I'll take Gorn. Loser will donate 50 bucks to MND, which is a great cause. And for all listeners out there, um, if you haven't bought yourself a beanie yet, they're only 20 bucks. they got free delivery. So get yourself onto the MND website. Um, and if you can afford it, um, Feel free to donate some cash to this uh, certainly worthy cause as well. Well done, boss. Well spoken, mate. Uh, my vice captain and captain option this week. Uh, I like Josh Kelly against Gold Coast. I like anyone against Gold Coast. I wish moment. I had. I wish I had Kelly. They are just pumping out left scores left front scores the centre. I was going into Fife. Now I have no idea what I'd be doing. Um, but I'll probably just follow suit with Bons and go into. Um, into crouch, I think that uh, makes perfectly good sense. Anything else to add on here, boys? I'm surely I've missed. I miss something every week. Have I missed something this week? Thank you. Right. Not that I can recall right now. No. Yeah, good. I'm back. Uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, look, as always, feel free to give it. Jump on iTunes. Give us a rating. Um, SoundCloud. Leave a comment. Give us some feedback. Um, great podcast this week, boys. Good luck, everyone, in their buy rounds. Um, peace out, community, and thanks for listening. <laughs>